0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, welcome to Washington Post Live. My name is Leanne Caldwell. I am an anchor here at Washington Post Live and also the co-author of the early 202 newsletter. Today for our show, we are talking to Representative Tony Gonzalez, a Republican from Texas who represents Uvalde, such a timely conversation. Congressman, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Great. And first, to our listeners and our watchers, uh, feel free to send questions. We would love to hear from you on Twitter at WashPostLive or at PostLive, excuse me. Um, We'll be looking out for those and hope to answer or uh, get those questions asked. Congressman, um, let's start, of course, with the latest news on uh, the gun mental health debate. The Senate just agreed to, or a group of senators, I should say, agreed to a proposal to address both mental health components and also uh, tighten up some gun safety uh, regulations and laws. What is your initial reaction to that?
1: Yeah, today is uh, day 20 after the shooting in Uvalde, and I've been in contact with uh, Senator Cornyn and others every day. Matter of fact, Senator Cornyn and I had breakfast uh, together, and uh, been been working through everything. Uh, my my reaction is um, I, I think there needs to be a people are tired of inaction, and there needs to be something, and, and something that can ultimately pass into law. And uh, haven't seen that in the House, and and I, I appreciate the senator the the Senate's leadership, and uh, I look forward to seeing the text at uh, some of the framework that's been put together. Uh, I'll also say, and I'm also, you know, I, I'm worried about my community. You know, we're still burying people. We're still we're still recovering. We're still trying to figure out how we're gonna get through school in 65 days. And, you know, today uh, I was proud. i worked with the Department of Education. We secured a $1.5 million emergency uh, grant through there. So I, I say that to go, you know, take my Congressman hat off as a father as a member of the community, like we're trying to just get through this as well. I understand here in Washington we have want to have this broader debate, but back in Uvalde and back in my community, uh, honestly, we're, we're we're also just trying to live through this and figure out how do we how do we what does tomorrow look like? What does sixty days from now look like?
0: I understand there's a difference between, of course, just trying to get through these very difficult times. So these, you know, so many people in your community have been affected. Mostly everyone in Uvalde knows someone um, who is impacted by this. Um, but here in Washington, there has been a lot of debate on what needs to be done to ensure something like this doesn't happen again. And so, you know, we saw this legislation in the House last week that you did not support. Is there anything in this legis- in this proposal from the Senate that you would support, including perhaps allowing uh, uh, 18 to 21-year-olds who are trying to buy an assault-style weapon to have their uh, juvenile background check checked?
1: Yeah, look, the details are important. And, and uh, like many of us, we're waiting to see the bill text, uh, eagerly waiting to see the bill text. But I, I'm, very, I'm very optimistic on the framework of which the, the Senate has put together. You know, I've been, I've been pushing for mental health uh, from the very beginning, uh, you know, in, in this district, you know, this district stretches from San Antonio to El Paso, Texas 23. And I represent 119 uh, different cities and towns. Uvalde over a year ago was asking me for a mental health clinic. They're the only, the, you know, so this was evident there. You know, last year I was able to secure $2 million for a mental health facility, but there's a long way to go. I, I mentioned that to go to me. This package has to be based in mental health support. Everything that I've gotten, uh, every every indication that I've seen is this is essentially going to be a mental health bill. And I think that's important. You know, I think this I think this has the opportunity to have more resources in mental health than any other bill ever passed into law in the the history of our nation's, uh, you know, history. I think that's important. As far as some of the gun things, you know, as far as some of the the, the other specifics, I've been a proponent of look, it, that gentleman, that 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 the shooter should have never been able to purchase that weapon. Never. Not because he was 18 years old, but because he was mentally unstable. And we and we would have found that out. I mean, he had a, a long history of of mental uh, illness as a juvenile. And I think this is one of the parts of the framework as well that makes sense to me. You know, let's identify these children that have issues and let's make sure that they, they don't have access to things. I also say, like, I'm a proponent of, you know, legal, legal, uh, responsible gun owners. And I think it's important that we protect them as well.
0: Uh, you mentioned the mental health component. Yes, there is going to be a lot of money in this proposal, uh, even though the amount has not been agreed to yet for Telehealth, school mental health resources, uh, securing schools better um, you know outside mental health support as well outside the school. Um, you know, so th- have you heard how much money is going to be spent on these proposals?
1: i think I think they're still working out the final details, uh, but I'm hearing billions, billions of dollars towards mental health. Uh, I don't want to get ahead, I don't want to get ahead of anyone. But I'm hearing uh, billions of dollars towards mental health, and and I also equally important is there's an offset, meaning there's a pay for for this entire bill using you know unused uh, uh, infrastructure and uh, COVID uh, money as well. So I think it's I think that part of it is absolutely incredible i mean we if we truly if we as americans not as republicans or democrats but as americans if we truly want to ensure that our children are safe and protected and and to get ahead of it not be reactive but be proactive then then we have to invest in mental health and i believe you know the like i said i'm still waiting for the 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 bill text, but this framework gives me a lot of optimism towards towards getting to that point
0: When you had breakfast with Senator Cornyn and you all discussed this uh, proposal, did you raise any concerns about that framework?
1: Uh, We've been we have been discussing this throughout the entire the entire process and and. Uh, I I communicate with with Senator Cornyn regularly. Even before this, you know, the border crisis and other things that are happening in my district. We've traveled to Taiwan and and India together. Uh, So we've done a lot of different things together. I I lean on Senator Cornyn and his team. I mean, he is just an absolute statesman and and he works hard on on all. He's a very serious legislator. And uh, we had a really good discussion on that. So I think many people are eager to see the bill tax Uh, and and get this going. But I think there's a lot of optimism as well. I mean, optimism on on all sides. I'll tell you in my district, I go back to my district. In my district, folks, you, you grow up, you grow up with firearms. It's a part of the culture. And I grew up in, with firearms. You know, my grandfather taught me how to handle a weapon. I, I, I was professionally trained when I when I joined the military at 18 years old. But I also say there is a segment people are going, look, Tony, I don't want anyone to take my guns away, but I want us to do something. And it's up to you to determine what that something is. So I think there now is the time for us to come to, to, come to an agreement and move the ball forward. I think at the center of it needs to be mental health and school security. And we need to go from there.
0: One proponent, one propo- part of this, I should say, is uh, incentivizing states to implement red flag laws. Does Texas need red flag laws?
1: I do not support red flag laws. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm against that. I'm against anything that infringes upon uh, anyone's rights, uh, rights to due process in particular. Uh, but you know what? If there's grants in there that that offer that, well, well guess what? My state doesn't have to take those grants and and, and I'm okay with that, right? So uh, at, at the end of the day, what I don't want to have happen is I don't want the federal government dictating to states what they will or will not do. Now, you can offer them options all day long. But when you dictate something, I think that that gets that gets ahead of it. The other part I want that I want that I'm very excited about in this package, is the 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 telemedicine piece especially in rural america you know that to me there is this divide that is growing in america and it has nothing to do with the color of your skin has nothing to do with your party it has nothing to do with how much money you have in your bank account this divide is between urban and rural america i mean we saw it in Uvalde. you know one of the one of the the reasons why Uh, Everything, you know, uh, uh, happened as chaotic as it did was not all law enforcement, not all first responders were on the same radio network. Can you imagine that? Fire department are on one thing. Police are on another. Border patrol on another. Sheriffs are on another. Game Warner on another. That's one of the things when I hosted the president, uh, I guess a little over a week ago, maybe two weeks ago now. uh, When I hosted the president, I asked him, I was like, look, Mr. President, there are three things I'm asking your help on. One of them is twenty-three million dollars for a mental health hospital. Uh, I've already gotten two million. The other is thirteen and a half million dollars for uh, communications, a radio network where you can put all the first responders on the same aspect of it. And the, the last thing I asked them for was one million dollars towards an emergency operation center. Right now, there's over there's hundreds of law enforcement officers from all over the state and even the country that have come and helped out, also first responders, and, and they're 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 having to sleep in cots. They're having to, 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 uh, to work out of an old aviation museum, uh, and, and it's unfortunate. So those are three of the things that it has the president for.
0: Okay, great. And, uh, you know, getting back to the red flag laws really quickly, is there any sort of due process that would make a red flag law okay, including, for example, Senator Susan Collins has been talking about in Maine, there has to be a medical doctor sign-off in order for this red flag uh, to go through. Um, would that be enough for you?
1: Look, red flag laws to me, I, I, I'm, I'm against red flag laws. And uh, the part of it that, that I that loses me is due process. And, and here's the thing, you know, this is part of the conversation. We're not really there yet. But look, when somebody gets added on a list, whether they're juvenile or otherwise, how do you get off of that list? So let's say, you know, let's say some some child at, at 14 years old said he's going to he's going to you know, conduct this heinous act. Right. And they get put on and they, they see, seek medic, medical attention and they get put on this list. Well, what happens when they're thirty five years old? And, you know, what I'm getting at is I don't want it to be a universal fire and forget. And we, we, we all give ourselves high fives up here and said we finally have done something. It has to be much more methodical and thought out on that. And the last thing I want to do is circumvent individual rights and circumvent due process. So that's where I pump the brakes on red flags.
0: And does an 18-year-old need an AR-15-style weapon?
1: I'm I'm not here to answer if an 18-year-old needs this or other. I'll tell you when I was 18 in the military. Uh, you know, I was trained with firearms, and I was fighting in Afghanistan and and, and Iraq. You know, my whole career. Uh, what I will tell you is, living along the border, it is unsafe. People feel unsafe in their homes. Their children can't go out and play. Uh, they feel unsafe. So, carrying a firearm. Operating with a firearm is a very common aspect, especially for rural America. Now, is training important? I think training is important. Should we have extensive background checks before an individual, let's say 18 to 20 years old, uh, you know, is able to purchase a weapon? I, absolutely. I I think none of that infringes upon anyone's rights. So, so to me, that's part of what's in this framework. You know, you're not gonna have any on the- ban on any weapons. I'm sorry. I
0: was was just going to say, you said that you had one at 18, but you were in the military. To someone who is not in the military, an 18-year-old, you know, in Texas, um, it's 21 years old to buy a handgun. So why not just make it 21 to buy an AR-15 style weapon as well?
1: Well, I I tell you what, you know, being in Afghanistan sometimes was safer than being along the border, is the way I feel now. I mean, the court, the cartels. Operating every single day, so to me, I look at it as what do people need to do in, in order to protect themselves and feel safe? The border crisis is very real. Matter of fact, when the when the Uvalde incident first occurred, many people thought this was a bailout. Many people thought this was an, another high speed chase that was coming through town. It, it really it, it turned into something different when more details would come out. But I, I mentioned that to go. This is what my district is living through. We're living through a border crisis where cartels control a lot of different uh, operations and people do not feel safe on their own property. So to me, I think it goes about, how do we identify some of the people that should never have a firearm, right? And and mental health is a key to exactly that.
0: What about the right of children to feel safe in their school?
1: Yeah, I think that's critical. That's critical to it. Look, I grew up one, I'm a father of six. And uh, matter of fact, my my uh, my youngest daughter, Isabella, turns two on Saturday, and I can't wait to leave Washington and get back home for that birthday celebration. So, you know, as a father, I absolutely want my children. We should all want our children to be safe anywhere. School, especially. I go back to my childhood growing up. I grew up in a very abusive environment. You know, my mother and I, we spent time in a battered women's shelter in San Antonio to me, school was my outlet. That was my safety. I, I, I wanted to get to school as fast as can be, and I never wanted to leave. Right. And, and, and so I go. That has changed. And and mm-hmm. going back to Uvalde, you know, we have seven elementary schools in Uvalde, it, not just Rob Elementary. There's six other elementary schools. We got to make sure all the parents and the children feel safe in that school. Part of that, I think, is uh, investing not only mental health resources to get through this but also some school safety measures as well.
0: If the NRA or Gun Owners for America comes out in opposition to this Senate framework that has been reached a deal, would you still consider supporting it or would you withdraw your support?
1: Yeah, I answer, I answer to you know, one people and that's the people of District 23. At the end of the day, my, my district has asked for mental health resources From the very beginning and i've done everything I possibly can in order to do that, you know the the framework of this bill it's really a mental health bill. And I think it answers a a lot of different issues, does it solve everything, no, it doesn't, but the fact that Washington is actually solving anything is kind of a small miracle in itself and and I am you know i'm encouraged to see the bill text. I'm encouraged to to look at. I'm encouraged, you know. Once everything gets shaken out, if if, if everything remains the the way the way that uh, that I've been I've been kind of told, then I look forward to you know encouraging uh, my colleagues to get behind get behind meaningful legislation that ultimately solves the problem, not not rhetoric not uh, grandstanding, not something to get somebody on the record so you can run political ads, meaningful legislation. And to me, this framework absolutely answers that.
0: Uh, Last week, after you voted against the House bills that were put up on the floor, um, there was a series of them, including lifting the age of 18 uh, to buy an assault style weapon to 21, um, you know, safe storage requirements, red flag laws, um, you know, banning uh, high capacity magazines. After you voted against uh, that legislation and different iterations, have you spoken with any of the families who lost children or who were impacted um, by Uvalde
1: post vote? Uh, I have. Matter of fact, I just spoke with uh, one of the family members uh, about an hour ago. And, and the conversation was hey Tony can you help me with my Social Security benefits uh, what I'm getting at is uh, I have a district that we' we're, we're trying to survive we're trying to get through you know the people no, no one I mean the, no one's asking me about Washington they're trying to survive their lives bury their children try to get their other children ready for school in 60 days trying to get the the, the, the community to heal uh, inflation they're paying they're paying a lot of money what, what, what I'm getting at is, is a lot of times there's a lot of distractions up here. And and oh, by the way, that piece of legislation last week, there were Democrats that voted against that piece of legislation as well. So what, there's, a, there's a big difference between the House and the Senate. In the Senate, you know, I, I applaud them. They sat down, they got in a room. It was not easy. This is not an easy topic. And they were able to build out a framework that can ultimately pass into law. And meanwhile, in the House, we were passing partisan legislation that had 0.00% chance of passing into law. Ideally, this framework holds up in bill text, comes over to the House, and we were able to ultimately get it through and sign into law.
0: Should they uh, lower the age to buy a handgun in Texas to 18?
1: I mean, that's a conversation that that I mean, that's up to the the governor of Florida. I mean, the governor of Texas. You know, those are things there that. Uh, I, I will stand, tell though? you, there, there are folks that are 18 years old that live along the border that do not feel safe, that carry a, that carry a, fist, uh, carry a firearm every day when they're in the ranch or when they're going about their property. So uh, I think that's up to the state to, to determine. Me, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I represent a district that, uh, that is dealing with a crisis, and I want to make sure that, that my constituents feel safe.
0: How do you think Republicans are going to fare uh, politically um, as far as the gun issue is concerned? Are you seeing a shift among Republican voters or independent voters or even voters in your district on this issue and is that why there is perhaps a possibility of some sort of legislation passing?
1: I'm seeing a shift across. I think uh, I'm seeing a shift not only in my district, not only in the state, across the country, not on guns. No one's talking to me about guns. Uh, Everyone's talking to me about inflation, the border. Uh, I mean, real, real tangible things. School safety. I mean, let's talk about school safety, mental health. I mean, this is an area I I don't think we can go wrong. If we invest in, in more resources than we ever have in our nation's history in mental health, we will help, I, I believe, we will save lives. We'll get, ahead, we'll get ahead of some of these different problems. Not only, not only, not only the, the horrendous acts, I would argue there is a growing mental health issue in America with folks that have anxiety, folks that have depression, COVID. I mean, there's all these different things and we need to, we need to address it. Look, my own, my own staff, we have been through hell and back. And I told my team, hey, look, after, after the dust settles, we all need to get we all need to seek mental mental uh, 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 physicians and, and get counseling to walk through this the entire my entire community uh, of Uvalde needs to do the same. We need to get rid of this stigma that's happening in America. We need to get to the root of it because here's what ha- our children are, are suffering for. It. They're growing up in a, in a world that you and I did not grow up in and we have to protect them. Part of that, I believe, is investing heavily in mental health resources.
0: I want to ask you about the police response in Ubaldi. The Chief Pedro Arandondo, he says that he gave no order to to not enter the room for the police officers um, who were outside the door there, but it was 77 minutes. What are you hearing took place that day and where was the breakdown?
1: Yeah, I won't get ahead of the investigation, but I will share with you some very intimate stories. Uh, look, I know these people personally. Uh, you know, I grew up 38 miles from Uvalde. I, I've spoken with many many of the folks that were in the hallway that, that breached the room, the first responders. I've spoken to them before, I've spoken to them afterwards. And, and, and here are some of the stories that aren't making it out. One of the delays, well, one, you know, Javier Martinez you know, engaged the gunman minutes after he entered the school, three minutes after he entered the school. And, and uh, but with some of the stories that aren't making it out, I was speaking with uh, with uh, uh, a member of the school. I'll just say it that way the other day. And he, and he lost a child. And uh, and uh, so so part of part of what what is isn't making it out is the delay was one. It was a steel door. There were two steel doors and they pushed outward. So you couldn't kick these doors in. The only way you can get in is one of two ways. You either had a a tool, a crowbar, if you will, to pry it open like a can or you had the keys. So, you know, one of the stories that that I was I was told is, uh, you know, the gentleman looking for the keys had a child inside. So imagine if you're the parent, you are the parent. And it's your—you're trying to get inside that room as fast as can be. And it's not a neighbor, it's not a someone down the street, it's not a, 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 a somebody you don't know. It is your child. And guess what? There were there were deputies that had children inside that room. There were first responders that their own children or relatives were in that room. I guarantee you, you're going to get in that room as fast as you can be. And the last thing you're going to worry about is your own safety. So, I, I mean, I'll wait till all the investigation shakes out. But, but I will tell you, there is a lot of heroes walking among Uvalde. And, and not all of them are law enforcement officers. A lot of them are just everyday people as the community has just come together. And we just try to heal and get through this.
0: Great. We just got a question from Twitter that I want to ask you. Uh, it says, Representative Gonzalez, Governor Abbott cut mental health funds for your state. If mental health is important and you want your state to make its decisions uh why did you not ask governor to reinstate mental health funds
1: i mean i i don't know what your uh viewers talking about i served 20 years in the military you know this is my first time in public office i don't, I don't know what reference at what point uh, they're saying governor Abbott did that uh, i also tell you and that's the state. You know what Governor Abbott does is is, is his prerogative. I encourage what everyone, I say, I will, whether they be local or whether it be state or whether it be federal, I encourage everyone to invest heavily into mental health. I think this is how we solve the crisis. We get ahead of the problem. We we it's no longer a stigma. We we encourage parents to start there. We we give all the resources possible. And I think uh, you know part of the framework of this legislation that that's up here. We'll lend to that, and 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 I'm excited to see the bill text, and and ultimately a bill that that can get through the House and get through the Senate.
0: Great, Congressman Gonzalez, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I know this is a very difficult time for your constituents and for you, and thanks for joining us.
1: Well, thank you. I want to share just one other story here. Is after the initial after the initial incident occurred in in Uvalde. There were a lot of the first responders that went to these other schools because there were copycat threats that were out there. So one of those is Lieutenant Javier, ben, uh, Javier Martinez. He engages the, the, the shooter, actually gets wounded, he breaches he in, he goes there, and then afterwards he goes to the Uvalde High School. There were other agents that went to other elementary schools for the, for the, the next days, too. I, I say all that to go, at the end of the day, we are one community. We're not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We are Americans. We are one community. And we all need to come together. We need to use Uvalde as an example, because what happened in Uvalde can happen anywhere in the United States. Thank you.
0: Great. Thank you. And we are now one minute over. I know your staff is going to rush to get you to your next meeting. So thank you so much for your time today. really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.